0: This podcast is made possible by Workday and U.S. Bank. Hi, this is Judy Bjorna, CFO of Mantech
1: International, and you're listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast.
0: This is episode 243.
1: We're constantly thinking about how we're executing on those metrics and bringing visibility into the organization. We look at a balanced scorecard monthly and and then quarterly, really have that discussion across the organization so that there's visibility um, into that. And I think for us to be able to do that, what the finance team and, and what we've really started to try to do is look at almost continuous planning, right? It can't be, you can't plan once a year anymore.
0: Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak with Katie Rooney, CFO of Alight. Katie Rooney was an investment banker at Morgan Stanley when she opted out for an industry role at Aon, where in short order, she was CFO of one of the company's outsourcing divisions and was soon finance leader for a business unit, making her leadership front and center when Aon conceived of a carve-out involving Blackstone that would give birth to the $2.3 billion startup known as Alight. CFO Katie Rooney shares that story and much more after this. In a world that's always changing, one thing never does. Your need to adapt. Your need to evolve, your need to grow. That's why we built Workday, a single finance, HR, and planning system that can change as your needs change and evolve as the world evolves. To learn how Workday is helping mid sized organizations embrace the future with confidence, visit us at Workday.com. Hello, we're speaking with Katie Rooney, CFO of Alight. Katie, welcome.
1: Thank you, Jack. I appreciate you having
0: me. Katie, as you might know, we always begin with the experience question. We, uh, we like to ask finance leaders to look back and identify what were those experiences that prepared them for a finance leadership role. What comes to mind? Yeah, I really think about my
1: experiences in three chapters. Started my career in investment banking in New York and Chicago with Morgan Stanley, and had a great run, almost nine years. Where I, you know, I tell I tell a lot of of uh, folks I mentor, it's a great way to start your career. You have exposure to different industries. You're in front of you know boards and C suites early in your career, so there's this huge learning curve uh, that I think was really great for me. Uh, but but I also I also think you know I learned a lot about interpersonal skills and, and leadership development there. I'll never forget one of uh, the first few weeks on the job. I I honestly had worked around the clock uh, on this on this pitch and was pretty proud of it. Brought it to my boss at the time, and I mean she just you know hated it uh, and was not was was not super kind about it. Um, and I remember thinking you know what, she wasn't wrong. And I learned a ton from it. But she didn't have to do it in the way she did. And it it was just it was a great moment for me around the leader I wanted to be. You have to hold people accountable, you have to help them develop. But this just the level of respect and and understanding of of where people are coming from um, has been something I've I've really tried to to be thoughtful about. Um, And the second chapter, then I moved into the corporate world. Um, so I, I moved over to Aon. Um, I had roles in treasury and corporate finance, uh, M and A, risk management, a lot of lateral moves that helped build out kind of my finance background. Um, but what I what I learned through those is I wanted to get closer to the business. Um, and so then I, I had my first CFO role actually in a division um, of Aon, uh, one of the outsourcing divisions, and then took on a, a CFO role in the the business unit, and it. It was it was just great because I'd had this background in investment banking and m a but now I was learning how to apply it. it it's one thing to get the deal done it's another thing to actually integrate it have to run it have to understand how to take people along um, and so that was that was an exciting exciting piece and that really led to the carve out of um, of a light so we carved out a light uh, three years ago to Blackstone um, and I helped, helped lead that process and I realized, once we'd carved the business out, you know, we, we called ourselves a $2.3 billion startup, but we had, you know, over 15,000 colleagues we had to bring along. And you had to help them understand the strategy that it wasn't just about the financials. You, you had to develop the culture. Um, and I think some of those interpersonal skills I talked about earlier were really critical uh, in terms of being able to, to affect that. So those are some of the important ones from my background.
0: Wow. You know, I, I have to say, this chapter, this, the carve-out chapter, what, 20, 20 years from now, this is what people are going to be asking you about, because it is so interesting and, and sort of exciting. And if you were to go back in time, the very early days, how did that all begin? Was it just a, a discussion uh, that turned into the idea that maybe this could be a carve-out, or what, what, how does something like that take root?
1: Yeah, it, you know it, it's funny I've, I've listened to some of your podcasts and i love your question about the strategic moment and i i always think this is, is one of them
0: absolutely
1: right because it was it was such a pivotal point in time um and and actually i i'll never forget this i, I was just, as i mentioned i was the cFO of a smaller part of the business and my boss at the time he came into my office it was you know November 1st and i i wanted his role right he was the cFO of the, the broader division but i thought it was a year or two away from it I'll never forget. He came in November 1st. He said, I'm retiring. I want you to take the role and I'm leaving in eight weeks. No. And I, I thought, Oh my gosh, what, uh, what am I going to do? Um, but he said, you know what? It'll be the best thing for you. If I stick around, you will never step into the role and you won't get credit from, from the team. Um, and it was, it, it was the best thing he did for me. Um, I, I jumped into the role so many learnings and, um, But as part of that, I pretty quickly established myself with the leadership team. And, you know, we were in a room thinking about the strategy of of that business unit. And really, you know, if you looked at it financially in terms of the capital structure, um, some of the the margin components of the business, it didn't fit with the overall parent. And we kind of had this moment of, I think we need to, you know, really look at carving this business out. It has phenomenal capabilities, but they're undervalued in the current structure, and there's opportunity for both.
0: And you might have mentioned this, but what was the business unit? What was it called? What was the, the nomenclature there? The business yeah.
1: unit was called Aon Hewitt, and but the piece we carved out basically a portion of the Aon Hewitt business. So it's it's the health and wealth administration and the payroll businesses.
0: So you, from the start, you, you move with the outsourced entity. Is that right? You, and you're, you're already identified as the finance officer, chief uh, officer there. Is that correct? That's correct. Wonderful. Because that's, that's perfect timing and perfect for a segue to our, our next question where uh, we always like to, in a very straightforward fashion, just ask the question, tell us what a light does and what sets it apart from its competitors today?
1: So Alight has a 25-year history as the leading provider of integrated cloud-based human capital solutions. And, and what that means is we really empower our clients and their employees to manage their health, wealth, and HR needs. And you know, if you take a step back, in, in particularly in this period of time in the middle of a pandemic, we're seeing some of the trends in, in human capital accelerate around managing the complexity and cost of benefits in HR, around you know, how we support gig workers and, and more variable labor costs. And, and what Alight has really been able to do is bring together the power of our solutions to help impact the total cost of, of the workforce and improve health outcomes. Um, and so we do that through a combination of our, our benefits uh, and our payroll, uh, payroll solutions across the firm. So, for example, you know, we have 4,300 clients of all sizes and complexity covering, you know, 50% of the Fortune 500. But you take one of those clients, right, who's really facing a number of um, potentially challenging issues in this environment, and we can go in and help them solve some of those complexities by offering them health solutions, that will really optimize their overall cost base. So we can guarantee we will you know, reduce your healthcare costs and drive a better employee experience through some of our underlying technology.
0: So uh, often I, I ask this question about, uh, about a CFO coming into a new role. What did you need to do to begin moving your team in the direction you want it? Uh, but you know, what occurs to me, what might be interesting to learn is how does this company find a CEO and whether that's a Blackstone relationship or part of the ecosystem that's already pre-existing? Can, can you share that piece of uh, <laughs> the leadership team with us?
1: Sure, it, it is. It's a, it's a really interesting story. So we, we carved out, um, I was the CFO and we chose our chief commercial officer to be the CEO. Um, and he was, you know, and, and is just a, a phenomenal leader who really drove the team to understand the new realities of the business. So, you know, we chose someone from the inside. Um, no surprise. Has, yeah, basically merged. But what I'd say is, um, you know, it had a phenomenal run um, and he really helped us transform the company. But actually, just, just a couple months ago, we actually um, brought in a new CEO in the in the middle of a pandemic, completely remote um uh, who has a different background who I think will will help position us for the next chapter.
0: Now, given your M&A background, I feel like I have to ask, had you worked uh, with Blackstone closely on other assignments before the carve out uh, happened? I had not.
1: Um I almost went into private equity actually when I left investment banking, um but I, you know, my my path moved over to Aon. Um, So I hadn't worked with them and it's, it's been a real learning. I mean, they are phenomenal partners. They are incredibly smart, Um, but it's, it's a very different, you know uh, I I think kind of level of intensity around some of the financials around, you know, some of the, the um, uh, kind of change we've seen versus some of my historical roles.
0: So we, we like to discover how finance leaders are extending sort of their lines of sight into the business today. Now, can you tell us what are some of the business dynamics you're seeking to better expose and measure? What would what would those be?
1: You know, with the new CEO on board uh, just recently, we've actually really redefined um, our strategy as we're bringing together the power of One Alight to drive um, these value-based outcomes for our clients and really support them during this time. And what I've learned is, As we're doing that, the metrics we're using to make sure we're on track are incredibly important. And it's not just financial. We've gone back and looked at, you know, revenue growth is great, but guess what? You're not going to get revenue growth unless you have strong NPS scores, which are driven by your operational uh, quality metrics, which are driven by, you know, some of your investment strategy. And so we've tried to take a balanced scorecard approach um, with, you know, just, it can't be a ton of metrics, but, you know, two or three within product. Within commercial, within financial, around the people piece, so that we're we're really looking at you know is our strategy working and are we seeing that impact across each of our functions?
0: So I imagine when you 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 speak to your team, you can put that emphasis on certain metrics or how we need to make this uh, draw more attention to this one number across the organization. Uh, but is there anything you've done to? Help make that happen, whether it's a new dashboard or how how certain numbers are positioned, or maybe that NPS score is just sitting right beside the revenue number uh, on certain statements or what have you. How do how do you how do you raise the profile of those metrics that are you, you want to have top of mind?
1: It's a great question. I in a couple of ways. I think first um, is thinking about how you actually impact the amount of people as well. Right, it can't just be a financial metric you know, at a leadership team level. And so we look at a balanced scorecard monthly and, and then quarterly really have that discussion across the organization so that there's visibility um, into that. And I think for us to be able to do that, what the finance team and, and what we've really started to try to do is look at almost continuous planning, right? It can't be, you can't plan once a year anymore. Um, we actually implemented the, the Workday ERP system for financials earlier this spring to try to drive insights faster into the business, to drive more analytics, so that we're constantly thinking about how we're executing on those metrics and bringing visibility into the organization um, to continue to drive them. And and it hasn't been easy, Um, but I think, you know, everyone's craving that, that level of insight and trying to be on their front foot in terms of leading indicators, right, as opposed to reporting the news. Um, And I think having the tools in place and having that structure in place, that's, you know, month over month, um, quarter over quarter. So you see some of that consistency and can track and show that progress uh, has been really helpful.
0: I just want to circle back to your response to to our first question regarding experiences where you characterized how you were, part of your role was to bring along those 15,000 people. That was executing the strategy for the carve out. You had to bring those people along. It seems to me that uh, people and that workforce uh, is really part of your your finance mindset today. Do you see that as being a big part of leading as a CFO today?
1: I do. I do. I you know again, if you think about my background a little bit, you know, I don't have a traditional. Um, accounting background. Um, I, I've played more of a strategic role across um, some of the positions I've been in and, and I enjoy it. And I think, you know, that's really the exciting part for the finance folks as we think about, you know, how to help really be better business partners to drive uh, to drive the business forward. You can't be reporting the news, right? We have to be thinking holistically about how we bring in strategy, how we bring in some of those insights so we can change the discussion um, and keep our keep our leaders focused on you know what's going to have the most impact. Um, and so part of that is too is as I think about our team, right? Continuing to get uh, people involved on special projects, right? Getting to see other parts of the business, bringing you know those interpersonal skills together, so that there's great partnership not just within finance but really across the across the firm. Because there's so many synergies if if we do that right. Um, and we see that, right? If if you have a strong HR capability aligned with finance, you know, whether it's tax, whether it's it's um, FPA, aligned with HR, who then is you know, really thinking holistically about how to drive a portion of the business forward, uh, you, you get a different level of insight. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's really been critical as we think about how we're trying to develop our teams.
0: Well, we are up to our our finance strategic moment question and as you uh you told us uh perhaps you experienced one along with uh, Aeon's management uh as the uh carve out was first conceived would you agree that uh, certainly was one I would imagine
1: Yeah, no, it, it it was. I mean, I you know, if you if you took a step back, right? It was this pivotal moment of this was either going to be wildly successful or you know, it, it was going to struggle. And so we had to take a, you know, a line in the sand. And when we stepped back and looked at the, the light businesses that we were looking to carve out, I mean, it was a different, different capital profile, but they generated great free cash flow. We had leadership positions. It was just, again, kind of not, you know, not the, the focus of, of the overall parent from a, an investment perspective, and it would be better off on its own. Um, and so we did, we, I mean, we went through a process to to divest the business. And I, I remember, I mean, as a, as a leader going through, you know, n- you know pretty new into that broad of a CFO role I and mean, there was so much to learn along the way, but it also gave me confidence, right. In terms of taking some of those bold steps. Um, and, and, and so as we, you know, as I think about just recently in the midst of a pandemic, right. I mean, the first thing we did was actually proactively go out and raise additional capital because, you know, that was another strategic moment where you're sitting there, there's so much uncertainty at this point in time. And we're incredibly well positioned in the market, it's our time to double down to continue to invest to position ourselves to be stronger on the other side. Um, and so I think having the experience of of the carve out, and then, you know, continuing into the, you know, the, the path at a light and taking that that moment where, you know, we did raise additional capital, we got out ahead of the market, um, we've built a you know a new plan in a matter of weeks and and um you know that's helped i think strengthen the business to really help us support our our clients in a new way
0: did this come about with aon first looking to perhaps sell off this piece of the business it might have been aligned with another large human capital player of some kind uh no was that an option uh was that option B or, or uh, no? Was that never really part of the discussion?
1: Um, not necessarily. I mean, it, if, if you think about the history, Aon bought um, Aon Hewitt back in, in 2011. And again, a portion of that business, more the consulting side of the business, was a great profile for, for AN and continues to be in terms of their strategy and what they're driving from a people perspective. But these, you know, uh, the Alight assets, again, is, were, were a portion within that. And, and there was absolutely opportunity to continue to grow them under Anne. It wasn't a matter of in or out. It was a matter of where are they best positioned to grow and thrive uh, in an accelerated way. And, and we thought this was the right way to do that.
0: When we return, CFO Katie Rooney enters the mentoring round. Hello, Jack here. I have a message for you from the folks at Sage People. Decisions about your people should be driven by data. But is your HR department still using spreadsheets to keep track of your people? It's time to move to cloud. Understand what makes your employees tick. Know your best performers or determine absence trends, all with a cloud HR and people system. Sage People empowers organizations to respond quickly and easily to changing priorities in today's shifting world of work. It means you can make sure your workforce is able to adapt while staying connected and engaged, whoever they are. Discover how to get instant insights at your fingertips. Visit us today at sageintactcom forward slash sage people. So we always like to begin uh, this round by asking our guests to look back and think back to that first quarter, that uh, first week uh, they stepped into a CFO role. Uh, you know, what advice would they give themselves? And again, we're just trying to pick out those teaching moments. Uh, if only I knew then what I know now. But what what would you share? Um,
1: oh, I have a lot of them, which is <laughs> part of it, right? We're, we're always learning. I, I mean, that's, that's I love. um, and no, I, I do. I think, I think the, the role at a light is probably where I, I, you know, I'd, I'd give myself some coaching, particularly under, you know, a new ownership structure. Um, and I think, you know, do your homework, on you know, all of the, the constituents and really starting, you know, start out with your five-year vision. Right. I mean, we were in the middle of a carve out, right. Trying to separate the business, trying to stand up a new entity. We were so caught up in the day to day and honestly executing very well. But I think you can never lose sight of what you're building towards and almost starting with your, you know, your five or 10 year, your goal of who you want to be um, and getting there, you know, day by day and building your, your plan to to achieve that. I think it's incredibly important and, and we're doing it. Um, but even when things get get busy, when you know there's too much on the plate, you just you can't lose sight of that um i think in in terms of making making those decisions and and figuring out how to position both the short term really and and the long term output for the business.
0: We always like to ask guests to reflect a little on the personal side, whether they have a habit or part of a daily routine that you believe in some way has contributed benefits on the professional side of things. Has anything come to mind when we ask for a habit or a routine that you have?
1: I'm, I'm pretty, pretty maniacal about my, my workout routines in the morning. Um, my family sometimes teases me, but I, you know, if, if I haven't gotten my run in right there, there's, there's too much stress in the day, but I, it, it's more than that. I think, I think for me, I, I really do. I get up early, you know, I, I go out for a run often in the forest preserve. It's incredibly peaceful um, and it's my time to think, and it's my time to reflect, you know, going back to to your earlier question, we get so caught up in the day to day, that is my time to make sure I am thinking holistically about the business, I'm, you know, solving problems in my head, I'm listening to podcasts to help inform me in new ways. Um, and I think that just it's a good centering for me before I start my day.
0: Hey, is there a book you'd recommend to our audience?
1: Um, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll give you a book and then, and then I might, I might offer up a, a few podcasts as well. Um, I, as I said, I am a runner and, and, uh, there's a book I read by Dean Carses. He's actually an, an ultra marathoner. And that was the book and I'll, I'll never forget. I was, I was training for a marathon. You know, I have th- three kids, uh, work was crazy. And in this book, it just, it just centered me a little bit in terms of, right? You just sometimes have to put one foot in front of the other. You can't think about it as an ultra marathon. You can't even think about it as a marathon, right? You think about it one mile at a time. Um, and I, I just, I love the perspective that, that that provided. But, you know, as I said, on on my runs, I, I actually, you know, if I go back to the start of one of your first questions around, you know, kind of learnings over the years, just the importance of interpersonal skills, you know, especially as you develop in, in your career, you know, I think about being able to understand the mindset of the different different parts of our C suite, of our board, um, you know, and how some of their strategic perspectives plan. I I really enjoy listening to um, to podcasts featuring other C suite executives and and accomplished business leaders who share how they solve problems. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I've listened to The Corner Office, to Masters of Scale, numbers of TED talks. Your podcast, um, you just you. I think that really helps me from a lens of new ways to think about problem solving, and also to get the perspectives of of other leaders, um, so that you know as we try to drive strategy together, um, I'm more aligned with with how we do that.
0: Uh, just uh, curious, have you uh, then completed multiple uh, marathons to date?
1: I have. I have. Um, I did. I've done Chicago and I've done the Boston Marathon.
0: Oh, really? Boston. Wow. Okay. We know that's a fast one. So,
1: <laughs> Well, that was before kids too. So I, I, I don't do, I do do a little bit shorter runs now, but.
0: Yeah. Oh. Excellent. So we're up to our final question where once more, we're going to, well, actually we're going to ask you to look forward at, at this place in time and uh, over the next 12 months in this, unusual business environment that we're all part of. What are your priorities as a finance leader?
1: Importantly, as I think about the next 12 months is we have to execute on the strategy we've now brought together. We are in this incredible time where our business is uniquely positioned to help solve the needs of, of our clients and their employees. We can help drive down the total cost of the workforce. We can try to drive uh, and improve health outcomes And, you know, as we think about the financial stresses created by the pandemic, you know, thinking about overall financial well-being, there's so much opportunity here, and we've pulled the strategy together. We have the right team in place to execute on this. As I mentioned, I think we've built the right KPIs around it. We're now working on building out an incredibly detailed operating plan that will hold us accountable day over day around executing against this. because we are driving more value. We're taking an outcome-based approach. We're leading with technology and and really looking at everything across one alight. But we now have to hold ourselves accountable day over day to execute against that. And I think finance plays an incredibly important role there as we think about how we develop the operating plan to get all of our leaders, all of our businesses aligned around what's required to to drive that forward. So that's really where we're we're focused uh, here over the next couple of
0: months. Katie Rooney, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader.
1: Thanks for having me, Jack.